What is happening, people of the interwebs? Welcome back to another episode of the Jesus and Coffee Show. I'm really glad that you guys are here with us. Well, in this episode, I'm not going to take a long time and introduce it, but it is my friend John Irving. He is a fantastic man. Uh, He's a father of lots of kids, a wonderful wife. He uh, is a pastor. He's been a pastor for a long time, and we talked through his journey of how he decided to become a Christian, how he decided to believe that Jesus was God and not a liar. And then we hear a little bit about his past and his uh, his path from California to pastoring in Hawaii and then coming back again, and then where, where he kind of sits now and what's next for him, because uh, there's a lot of things coming for John, and I'm really excited about it. So thank you so much for being here, and I hope that you really get inspired and encouraged by this episode on the Jesus and Coffee Show with my friend, John Irving. John, thanks so much for coming to the studio. Uh, This is great to be here. I'm excited. We've been talking about uh, doing Mm -hmm. some things for a while and we're finally, we've done a lot of things. We're finally actually recording something. Yeah. So that's awesome. I just wanted to uh, first start with who's John Irving and just kind of introduce you to the Jesus and Coffee audience. So Mm -hmm. let's, I'll let you just take it away from there. Um, well, you know, kind of going from where I've been, you mm-hmm. know, I grew up in Northern California, um, where, uh, Concord Walnut Creek area. Oh, okay. And so, um, I, uh, I grew up an only child and, um, my folks got divorced when I was about seven years old. You okay. know, I got my dad like Vietnam vet, Caucasian Marine uh, Corps. I got my mom like, uh, um, she and a couple friends like decided to leave the Philippines back in the late sixties, a couple couple girls, you know, just changing continents and came over. They met, they met and married in six months. Wow. Uh, and, um, yeah. And then had me about four years later. Okay. So growing up an only child in, in, in Concord, my, um, my mom was definitely the style where she, uh, um, introduced me to church, right. We went to a very small United Methodist church. Um, and she was the last to arrive back row sitter, mm. right. And first to leave, I think just kind of, you know, intimidated by people contact, beautiful voice, love to hear my mom sing in church Mm. and really wanted her to always be involved, but never would. And so, so for my story with that, I was always dropped off at this church. And I think from the get go, I, um, I love the idea of, of performance, right? Like how I would be measured, you know? And so in Sunday school, if, if you had good attendance, they'd give you gold stars, right? Uh, Next yeah. to your name and, and, uh, or, or donuts, you know, whatever that was. So I would always mm-hmm. work hard to, to have good attendance in Sunday school and be there, be present with all, all sorts of things. Was that something that your mom said, Hey, have good attendance? Or was that something you just intrinsically said, I want to get the reward for, I think it was probably me. I think just okay. more like the idea of getting the reward. Yeah. Um, and so continue to be involved. Um, but, but church, to be honest at that point in my life, and we're talking, you know, going into junior high, it, it really had no relevance other than people. Just there's, huh. there was some friends there. There's some people that we never really had a, a youth group of, um, honestly ever more than about 12 people. Right. Was and it a smaller church? Very small church, about okay. 200 people. So everyone knew kind of each yeah. other and um, and that was, that was a good thing. What kind of changed in all that is me getting into high school. And I remember still being involved, um, on Sunday at church, but, but other than that, it was kind of, it had really no place in my life. Mm. You know, I ushered and wore the name tag and all this kind of stuff. We, uh, the church decided to get a youth pastor when I was about, um, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And he happened to be the son of the pastors from a big church up the street. I don't know oh. why this guy took the job. Yeah, it was he was a uh, from an Assemblies of God church, and we were a United Methodist church. So kind of like the two really don't ever meet. <laughs> That's <laughs> Denom- weird. Yeah, denominationally, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, like spiritual gifts to the whole bit. And so um, he came in, and and I think um, me and the other nine kids that happened to be there, um, I just kind of made made it my effort to just get rid of this guy. I just oh, wow. want to be a pain in his butt, you know. And, and why just cause he was the new guy, you know, I think we had a couple other folks come through and at the time they just had their own agendas and the agenda never seemed to be us. Gotcha. And, and so, um, so I think I wanted to, in the way he spoke about Jesus, the way he treated his wife, that he just really put, I think a line in the sand of this is who Jesus is and this is why you should follow him. Huh. And it affected every area of your life. 
And for me, you know, I think being 15 years old, you know, so much is compartmentalized even then. You sure. know, you got your school friends, you got your church friends, got things you do outside, things you do inside, you know, that whole bit. And so I really tried to, again, test that, push mm. that in him, you know. Um, so I, I watched him, you know, just he would pick me up for something and I watch what he'd say to his wife, how mm. he drove his car, how he treated his kids, what stores mm. he went into, what just, I was looking for anything just to kind of find an Achilles heel, you know, like find the hypocrisy. Yeah. Huh. I really wanted to find the hypocrisy. I really wanted to find like the reason why me choosing to do what you would say, mm-hmm. right. Would just be a bunch of garbage. Huh. You know, you, you wanted to find out, you want to call him out. I really did. I really did. And so, um, but he kept pursuing a relationship with me and, and again, uh, couldn't find anything that didn't have the fingerprint of Jesus on his life. Huh. So I kind of felt like, and again, not, he wasn't perfect. Sure. I don't want to say that, but I think the idea that, that everything had a conviction, a filter by which Jesus took precedent mm. in his decision-making. Yeah. And, um, and that was easy things. That was hard things. That was, um, and at the time, you know, I think that really, um, made a difference to me. We went on a mission trip, you know, a couple mm-hmm. different times, but you know, the first one seeing that again, service really had a foundation for why you'd follow Jesus mm-hmm. and why that made a difference in people's lives. And, um, again, I remember coming, uh, coming home one afternoon, um, and, uh, I remember my mom was asking a question or, or there was some, some kind of devotion that was done, you know, in some youth group thing and, and, uh, about Jesus coming back, you know? And mm. I looked at my mom and I was like, is that going to be crazy? Like when Jesus comes back, like you read this in revelation and I'm like, this is going to be crazy. And my mom looked at me and, and, you know, she stopped washing dishes and kind of, kind of those moments where she stops doing that. And she looks at me and she goes, Jesus isn't coming back. What are you talking about? And I was like, what? what? So I just really like tried to sink into understanding theology and all this kind of stuff. And, but also I realized at that point, like it was just knowledge. I didn't uh. really make it a point yet. I think in that to say, you know, God, no matter what it's, I'm convinced that you are who you say you are, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that, um, uh, Oftentimes, like my my youth pastor, his name was Brett. He's still alive, good friend today, still um, still pastor. Uh, he used to bring up like Josh McDowell. You know, like you yeah, got to yeah. make a decision on is Jesus. You know, is he is he a lunatic? Is he yeah. or is he Lord? And what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, it's clear as day. Um, you know, one afternoon after our youth group met, like he did a teaching and and he said, "Who wants to follow Jesus today and make him Lord of your life?" and mm-hmm. I confidently raised my hand and said, like, if this is what it means to follow Jesus and this is what he's going to do in my life and this is what he gives to me now mm-hmm. and forever, then that's what I want. You know, I remember praying in this little room called the fireside room, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. And, and again, me with these nine other kids, like, and it, and it soon everyone in the, in the group, you know, became a follower of Jesus. And mm-hmm. again, not churchgoer, but, but we right. really wanted to understand what it was to follow Jesus. Were you like the first domino in that? Or were there others that had already kind of made that decision? Yeah, I'd say I was probably the first first top three, you know, oh. and, and I think at that point feeling like I'd known these kids for a long time. So we all yeah. kind of knew each other. So yeah, I'd say there was some influence there, Yeah, you know, in, in what that would mean or taking it seriously, you mm-hmm. know, instead of like, hey, stop screwing around, you know. Um, so how'd your mom react then to you making that commitment or did you make you know, that known to her? Yeah, yeah, I did make that known to her. And I think um, with her, it was, it was more of, you know, just a good job. It's what you're supposed to do. You know, um, mm-hmm. very, you know, I think very much in accordance to how you're supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, grow is that up. cultural for her? Let, let more cultural and less religious. I'd say, um, I'd say probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that I think growing up in the Philippines, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, um, any kind of, I think, shame-based culture, and most Asian mm-hmm. cultures are, Pacific Island cultures are, it's the idea of, of you know, you, you fall in suit, you fall in yeah. line, you know, you you continue on the path mm-hmm. you're, supposed, you're supposed to go yeah. to be good. Yeah. And that's one of those, you know, boxes to check off. Sure. So I think that was always something good that she could support. And so what was great about that is anything I wanted to do, I could. There was always time to, to do that, to go on that, to afford to do mm. whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So I jumped in with both feet. Yeah. Um, at 15, 
I remember, um, so funny, like I, there was a conviction about my language, you know, mm. I was playing football at the time. And yeah. so going into my junior year, you know, I was, I was starting center and I, I remember I was late to a practice, right? And when you're, you know, five minutes late, you're going to run, oh, yeah. you're going to run. If you're five minutes <laughs> early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes late, you're dead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so I was, I was late and, you know, being a starter, you know, the example and all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember my I'd made a commitment like two days before where I was like, I'm not going to swear anymore. I'm not going to cuss. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be an example to my team. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share, you know, who Jesus is through my life. You know, I, I understood yeah. that in my junior year. And, and I remember, you know, I get there and, and my quarterback's like, where the F have you been? You know, like just, yeah, yeah. and the team was jazzing me. And I just, you know, out of my mouth comes just the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I was effing, you know, and, and, um, that conviction existed, mm. you know, and that's one of the first, I think, moments where I realized that the Holy Spirit was real, mm. his ability to convict me of certain things. It wasn't oh, wow. just like, a, oh, I feel guilty or I feel bad about that, but just like the idea of defining conviction Yeah, that that this is where you want to be. And this mm -hmm. is this is something that's going to yield growth mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, And I'm going to make you mindful of not stepping in that same yeah. mistake again and again. And so... Um, yeah. So that's, you know, and then you get the, Hey guys, you make it public, right? Like, okay, tell you what, I'm going to, every time I say a cuss word, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to owe you a quarter. I'm going to owe you a dollar, you know, and, right. or you have to punch me or, you know, whatever that yeah. is. And, and, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek with that, but it, it, it did help you know, sure. for me to just understand how to control my tongue, control mm -hmm. my thoughts, you know, kind of grow in that capacity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, um, but I think um, that that moment kind of, um, if I can, if it's okay to go, maybe go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, again, like I shared with you, raised in church the whole time, not, right. you know, outside of the gold stars and the donuts and the red right. death church punch. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what, um, that's what church kind of meant to me. Yeah. Um, I do remember when I, when my folks were getting a divorce, uh, um, you know, people tried to, there are some folks at church that try to counsel me, you know, try to pull me in. They knew mm -hmm. what was going on. Mm -hmm. knew I was having a hard time. I don't know if that was, you know, um, solicited by my mom or not. Probably not. But, um, you know, they tried to just reassure me, you know, God's with you and all those kind of things. And I remember one, one night I was just really torn apart, crying my eyes out. And I, I remember being at my dad's house mm -hmm. and, um, I was in, you know, my bedroom or whatever at his house. And I was, I was in my bed and just crying and saying, God, why, God, why mm -hmm. I hate this. Why the divorce? Itself? Why the divorce? Yeah. I hate these feelings. Why am I folks separated? You know, just yeah. feeling shame and all those kind of things. And, and I had an experience where I felt like the only way I can really maybe frame it is the idea of it was something not from myself hmm. where I felt as if God, I don't recall an audible voice, mm -hmm. you know, but but somehow reached out to me mm -hmm. saying, John, you can trust me. It's going to be okay. I've got you. Yeah. I love you. Mm. And the tears dried. I had no idea what to make of it. You know, mm. you're, you're nine years old or whatever. And, yeah. and, um, but I just kind of, I think logged that in the back of my head mm -hmm. that, that God may be real. Right. Sure. And then, um, and then you go and try and ruin this, youth pastor that comes in after that. Right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's interesting that you, you have that experience that you kind of feel the presence and then you're like, Oh, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And then as we all do humanly, we go back into a situation where like, Hey, I'm taking charge of this. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not part of our crew. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you for who you really are. Well, that's and how, then you turn out to be like that is the most influential person in your faith journey. Oh yeah, at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, because because it goes on. Because then one of the most influential people at that point was my grandfather. Mm. So you know, fast forward from the divorce experience, you know, two later, two years later, again, not really. This is pre youth pastor, pre church youth group, all those yeah. kind of things. Where eighth grade year, my grandfather passes away, and again, I find myself in my backyard, torn apart, mm. crying, just. Um, really, truly sad and, and upset. Why would God, why would you take away someone that I love mm -hmm. so much? Mm -hmm. Why, you know, I don't, just don't understand this, you know, just wrestling with all that. And again, similar experience where not an audible voice, but as if God was saying, John, you can trust me. I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I got you and I got this situation. Mm. And again, the tears dried. So those two, I think, um, moments mm -hmm. really, I think built a foundation for me not to question, but to put God in a situation where he could be faithful 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, now, you know, in, in my mid forties, I think about like, was he setting me up so he could show me his faithfulness? Mm. And I think that's something that served me um, in, in the decades to come, Yeah, you know, is the idea of, of, um, you know, God, I'm questioning something about your faithfulness. Yeah. I'm questioning something about what you're going to do, mm-hmm. how you're going to respond and how will you respond? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's been a maturing process, but that I think sure. really laid a foundation for Well, d- Does that ever go away, away though? I- you, you know, I think that's, that's the, in being in ministry. Um, I think that's where I've been challenged because there's been moments for sure where, where I've just really wondered, God, what are you going to do with this? Mm. You know, my, my daughter has a birth defect. She's going to have, a, you know, an eight hour surgery right now to, to break, mm. to break her skull. What are you going to do with this? My, my wife has stage four metastatic breast cancer. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do with this? I, I lost my position. What are you going to do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, I, I don't think it like kind of, it's inevitable, but, but I think what you, what I've always felt um, the need to show was that, no, got this handled. You mean outwardly? Outwardly. You need to show this to yeah, everybody. Even, you know, and that's, so I think, um, cause I think there, there's always been just a level of, um, you know, there, there's a level of credibility with that. Like, wait, you're preaching this. You better dang believe it, you know? And it's the not hypocrisy, like I, didn't... <laughs> the, I think I think that's something that we are looking, especially right now, people are looking for the hypocrisy so that they can say, ha, you're not as good as you yeah. say we should be. So, but what that does is that lets us off the hook to say, well, yeah. then I don't have to be. Exactly. Right. And I think exactly. that's, there, there's, there's no room for grace in everything that we're seeing especially politically. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you ever did one thing bad ever, mm-hmm. it's held against you. It and that, you. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and that I think as humans, that's what we look for. Yeah. We look for that, especially in church leadership mm-hmm. that are coming from a place where they're saying, Hey, this is how you're supposed to live. Right. Right. Yet. Well, you, and, and that's what you did with your youth pastor. You say this is how you're supposed to live, but I'm going to prove that you don't actually believe that. Right. Cause I don't, don't want, I don't want to involve that in my own life. Yeah. That sounds too presumptuous. Sounds too painful. Sounds sure. too, um, like it's too much effort, mm-hmm. you know, f- for me to live in that lane, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not true at all. You know, I think that's what yeah. I came to realize is, is there's more freedom in following Jesus than there is in anything else. Agreed. You know? uh-huh. Well, and that's and the that's, argument, isn't it? It's like, well, if, if I become a Christian and I follow all these rules, cause everybody's talked about the rules of being a Christian, I won't have any fun. Right. I won't be able to enjoy life the way that right. it looks like these other people are enjoying but it. But the reality is those same rules apply to anything following yeah. Jesus or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and that's, that's, I think, the challenge because those rules, when you lose, you lose big and there's yeah. no benefit. There is no grace. Correct. You know, there is no restoration. There's no redemption in that. And and Jesus just outlines that like, hey, you're, you will face things that are going to be challenging hard. I will be with you. Yeah. Right. And and this isn't where it ends. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, there's there's a lot to that. So in, so through junior high, you have this great experience with your youth pastor. You get into high school. You're a leader in your sports you're a guy that's like, I'm going to live this, this life that I feel called to live. Yeah. And then you decide at what point that you're going to go into ministry. Where does well, that it's, transition? It's interesting. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So totally involved in youth group and my, my youth pastor, and, and I'm take you back for a sec. Cause you okay. might remember this. Cause I think you, you know, just follow for a while. So do you remember the, the, it's called power team where they would like break oh, heck bricks yeah. and oh, like yeah. tear foam In the books. name of Jesus. Right. Like, so yeah. That, that was my youth pastor. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. And so he would do like these, I think they were called strike force and it was the coolest thing ever. So we'd do like these dramas, like these like uh-huh. pantomime type drama things to illustrate, you know, sin and God's sovereignty and blah, 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 and different things. And then they'd come on and do their feats of strength, mm-hmm. you know? all those kind of things. There'd be a message. And so we'd have this kind of like outreach program format that we'd go do. And it was really cool. We'd go different parts of, of Northern California and travel all over, to, you know, different things like that. And that was, that was really, really cool. Um, but I remember um, first thinking about ministry is I decided to do a, a Christian Bible study or a campus club at my public school. Okay. And, um, and that came was out this of still Northern California or still Northern okay. California. So um, I remember, and it came out of a conviction again, okay. like, where I had a, we had youth group t-shirts, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I was going into my senior year and I decided I was going to wear my youth group t-shirt, you know, and it actually said like, not ashamed. 
right? Like, yeah. so, so I had my Letterman's jacket, my youth group t-shirt. I'm like, okay, we're going to go. And I remember it was kind of a hot day um, to start school. And I had my youth group t-shirt on and I walk on campus and it's like, yeah, first day, first week, something like that of school. And one particular kid is like, what are you not ashamed of? Jesus? You know, just like so much sarcasm, so much, you yeah. know, just like, and it was that one kid, you know, sure. like the kid that we all know push him. your buttons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, warmer day. So I, I put my Letterman jacket and like full blown leather sleeve, you know. Oh yeah. My Letterman jacket back on, buttoned up a couple buttons. Just. Did you normally button it up? Never. Right. Like, <laughs> no, you don't never, do that. Never, 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 never. And so like. But it was just like the shame, yeah, you know, of of Jesus and and you know, and I the made, irony of the shirt it, that it you're total wearing, total irony right there. Yeah. And so, you know, I I remember, um, I, I get back and I was telling, I was sharing the story with my youth pastor, you know, and he's like, "Well, tell you what, if you, uh, you know," then I shared with him the conviction about when I started Bible study and blah blah blah. He's like, "Well, if you get a hundred kids coming to this campus club, you know, I'll buy I'll buy pizza for like three months." You know, oh wow! So just you know, something like. To, at the time, you know, looking yeah. back, it's like, whatever. But but at the time, it was like, wow, that'd be great, you know? And so I went to every kid, y- you know, possible. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know anything about, like, differences and you know, uh, like denomination, Denominations yeah. or, honestly, like, different beliefs. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We go to, like, there was, I was friends, like, a number of, like, Mormon kids, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> come into my club. Yeah. Like, you say Jesus, right? And... Like, yeah, but I'm like, well, then come. What's the problem? I don't understand. Yeah. And yeah. I had no idea That's funny. at that point. You know, I just mm-hmm. heard Jesus, you know, I watched commercials and like Jesus Christ, whatever. And, and, um, and I'd invite them. They wouldn't come. I'm like, dang it. But, you know, ended up getting like 150, 200 kids to come. Wow. Constantly, you know, to this, yeah. this um, what, Thursday lunchtime Bible study. And, uh, you know, I think we called ourselves the cutting edge or some, oh, yeah. something some like that. Super hardcore. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And then we... um. Uh, but it was great. People were growing, mm-hmm. you know, was able to hand it off to, you know, another generation, mm-hmm. you know, so the come that I still keep in contact, contact with, honestly. Wow. That's great. cool. The, the joys of social media. But, um, out of that went on a, a Mexico trip, mission trip that once I graduated and, um, after my senior year, so I got a taste of ministry, I think that year. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we finished, uh, you know, a, a program we were doing in Mexico and, you know, passing out rice and beans and people praying over people and just seeing some incredible things. And I remember there's a moment where um, I needed to help get more things from the van in order for the other people on our team, the other kids on our team, the other youth on mm-hmm. our team to go have them go do something else, you know, like mm-hmm. to have them pass out more things, they need more tracks, they need more food, whatever that was. And I remember my, my desire at that point was I so want to make them feel successful. I will, mm. I so want to give them out of my own energy so they can go minister and pray and go like, just keep going, just keep so going. successful in their ministry, in their ministry. Yeah. I really wanted to see them successful in their ministry. And, um, I remember just finding such joy and satisfaction in, in that, you know, people are coming mm-hmm. to Christ, but, but how do I help them be on the forefront of mm-hmm. doing that? Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember just kind of riding shotgun with my youth pastor, you know, going back to the orphanage where we were staying and they were processing all this stuff. And I just, I'm just in tears hmm. over it. You know, like, you know, this was such a good day. So many good things happened. And, and I again, shared my, that story with, with my youth pastor. And he's like, well, maybe, you know, God's calling you to ministry, hmm. you know, to really build others up, to strengthen them, to, mm-hmm. you know, to help them be all they can be. And, and that was such a, a, a a looming thought for me. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to go study like economics at Berkeley or, oh, wow. you know, okay. like for me, it was, it was business. It was like marketing, community, whatever that might be. And, um, I never thought about ministry before. Huh. So, um, I end up, um, staying in Concord, right. Going to JC for like, um, a year and a half, mm-hmm. like three semesters. And then, um, go on another, you know, a couple other mission trips to other parts of the world and decided to go to Biola, mm-hmm. right? And I had no idea there was like a ministry major, right? Exactly, right? How stupid was I? <laughs> and so, so I decided to to like double major. I would major in sociology, yeah, to understand like the cultural side, mm-hmm. and then I'd major in communication so I could learn to be a better speaker. Wow, that's 
That's smart though. <laughs> well, I had no idea. So we are flying back from Russia, right? So I'm about to start Biola like okay. in, in two days. Yeah. Why were you in Russia? A mission trip. Wow. So, so did like another mission okay. trip. And so we're, I'm, we're flying back from Russia. I'm supposed to meet my mom at LAX so she could drive me to, to, you know, get mm-hmm. checked into Biola. And so on the plane ride over, you know, like over the Atlantic ocean, you know, people are sharing like, why don't you be like a ministry major? What? <laughs> you know, that's, I'm like, yeah. So like mid flight, I'm like yeah. thinking, how do I change my major and like do all these things? So we land, I change my major, mm-hmm. um, you know, minor in, so, um, emphasis in, in Christian ministry, then minor in like communications and Bible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and begin, you know, begin college. I remember uh, that was my. How did you pick Biola from Northern California? You know, um, I had an aunt that went to Biola. Okay. And um, she was amazing, my yeah. aunt Kathy. And uh, just, you know, uh, amazing. You know, and kind of w- when my grandfather died, like back mm-hmm. to that story real quick. Once he died, I remember, you know, being at the graveside and I had two aunts in particular. One went to Westmont, one went to Biola. And both of them were just very much like, you know, he's in a better place. He's in the grandpa. Arms of, grandpa's, grandpa's in, the in arms a better place. Of, grandpa's in, in a better place. He's in the arms of Jesus. You know, just really kind of like reiterating. Was he a believer? He was a believer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I think their example mm. you know, also, I think, impacted me quite a bit. Sure. So Biola, I'd be closer to family that lived in Southern California. I'd mm-hmm. be closer to Mexico. Um, which mm-hmm. kind of captivated my Ministry heart. Wise, yeah. yeah. And it was just kind of a hotbed of activity, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I remember my first, uh, first set of professors, um, first class I had, um, you know, at the end kind of concluded with, so can I pray for you guys? You know, like, can I pray for you guys as a class, pray for the semester? And I was, I was in tears. Yeah. I was An like, educational are you kidding setting. me? Yeah. I yeah. never had that before, you know, public school all the way through. Right. And, uh, so is it by the first semester just got really, um, you know, saw everything, went to different churches and then mm-hmm. honestly kind of got bored and ran out of money. <laughs> and so yeah. some friends in, in my major were, were like, Hey, well you should maybe get an internship at church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, Oh, like you can do that and they'll, they'll pay you. Did nobody ever tell you anything? Dude, like what? Was, <laughs> I had no idea. It's like in a I, vacuum. Well, I mean like from the United Methodist thing, like again, like the, the pastors that I'd seen, yeah. You know, it's like there's the televangelist you see on TV. Sure. And that was like not what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like these kind of pastor priest type looking guys. Mm-hmm. And I still was like, I don't know where I'd fit in either gotcha. swing of the pendulum. I got to find something mid range. I just don't know what that would be. Yeah. And so, um, so I think that was just a ever expanding you know, yeah. opportunity. The understanding of all the understanding that, yeah. of what ministry is, mm-hmm. um, what it is vocationally and, and the whole bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I remember uh, interviewed at a couple places. Um, <laughs> I had two interviews back to back, and one was like a place in Bellflower, very like blue collar, okay, very like right on the main strip. Um, so busy, very salt of the earth people, and they had this Wednesday night like potluck. Mm. And so I'm interviewing to be like their youth pastor, or whatever, and. Uh, I go and they've got like this, there's this line to get, you know, like potluck food mm-hmm. for that night. I'm talking with people and I'm dressed up, washed my car. I'm wearing a tie. None of these people are wearing ties. Was it odd for you to wash your car? Oh yeah. That, you know, yeah, yeah. I just figured like, I'm going to wash my car. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Of course. Like Why you're not? going to an interview. <laughs> and uh, so I, I get there and I remember I'm talking with this couple and as I'm talking with them inside my head, I hear, dude, you're going to pass out. Like you're about to, you're losing it right now. You're, you're getting dizzy. And I'm like, what's going on? So they put this bowl of chili on my, on my tray. Oh no. And literally I can feel, it's like goes into slow motion. I feel myself like I put the tray down on the table and I just fall back. Right. So I fall, you put the tray down. I put the tray down. Oh wow. And then I was seeing chili everywhere (laughs) in my head. No, then I, I fall back. Next thing I know I'm on the ground. It was only a couple seconds, but I'm on the ground. I open my eyes and there's all these people around me. You know, just like, are you okay? And I just, you know, and um, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm okay. Did the interview. They wanted to hire me. And I went, I don't know if I should be <laughs> like, just this like, was that a sign? Was, I, that, was a, that a sign? Yeah. Was that a whatever? And the next day I, I, um, I'm fortunate enough to, to meet with, um, he was the high school pastor at Friends Church in Yorba Linda, Mike DeVries. Mm. We meet at Denny's, you know, he lives just a little bit away from Biola and we hit it off instantly. And um, I'm like, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I got a lot to learn from you. 
yeah. that you know began a that was in 1992. Wow, I have you know great relationship and years of ministry with Friends Church from that point forward. Yeah, yeah. So that started you on the path, and it wasn't. It, I mean, it sounds like it kind of evolved as you went. Yeah, I mean, like. You know, I made the joke of, did nobody tell you anything? But realistically, you discovered things along the way. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is where I feel called. Wait, there is actually something that fits yeah. what I'm feeling called to do. Yeah. Um, and so you go in ministry for 28 years? 20? Yeah, I'd say vocational ministry till September of 2019. Yeah. And so... You were in Hawaii for years in the midst yeah, of that, so right? Yeah, we did, so we did 12 years at Friends Church. And so I finished up, um, so I went from intern associate... Um, high school pastor, student ministries. Then the church had a very large split mm-hmm. back in, I'd say probably 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really painful. That was a whole nother, that's a whole nother, that's podcast. A whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, That's a whole nother series of podcasts, <laughs> right, I think. Right, right, right. From what I understand. Yeah. And, um, and so we helped to navigate, you know, I think getting, getting equilibrium back. Mm-hmm. And then we had our, uh, also my wife was pregnant with our first daughter. Mm. Um, you know, so all during that, you got marriage, you've got it's a lot of different stuff happening between those years, those 12 years there. So we were having our first daughter. Um, my wife's from Kauai, Jenny. And, um, Oh, that's we, the connection. Yeah. We, oh, okay. we went back for like a baby moon, uh-huh. you know, so we just went through this, all this warble and chaos of the church split mm-hmm. felt like things were getting back solid. There was definitely a trajectory mm-hmm. you know, to stay at the church, but, but we just kind of, felt tired. We felt, um, okay, God, is this the, the, the pace we want to raise our family in, mm-hmm. you know, large mega church, yeah. Orange County, mm-hmm. you know, the whole bit. And, um, so we went back for a baby moon and I remember, um, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of ours, his brother was a pastor, um, at a Lahui missionary church in Lahui. And, and he wanted to take me out to coffee at the first Starbucks that opened up in Kauai. Hey. Right? It's like the last day we were, you know, we we're about yeah. to take off in two days. And in my mind, I'm just like, dude, this is a joke. You know? Like, <laughs> and so you should. what was a joke? Like. Him offering you, me you something. Knew, you knew what was coming. Well, you know, I, I think I felt at that. Yeah. I knew it was coming like there was going to be a job offer. Okay. And, um, but I think, man, I just, as I look back, like just what an arrogance, you know, like that. On your part? On my part. Oh. I think of just like. Little church, come on now. Do you know? Do you know who who I am? No, wow. you know who I okay. am? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, like, yeah. I'm the biggest dude on the block here in Orange County, and yeah. you know, we had a youth group of like 600 high school kids, sure, you know, showing up consistent, real numbers, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so it was. It was because I was at Rose Drive, so yeah. I I knew. I mean, we were exactly doing right. Stuff, we were the Orbeez, you're the Rosies, right? Right, and it existed. Yeah, and um, and yeah. So it's I think it's funny. It's one thing to network, and it's one thing to host the network. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so I think that was bred in me too, mm. um, unfortunately. So, you know, we're in Kauai. You know, it was bred in you from leadership? I think I think from what it is, I think it's leftover tarnish mm. from even something deep-seated in me where, and I think I mentioned that earlier on, like the idea of production. How, uh, do, how do you produce? Yeah. You're going to get the gold star? Right, right. You're going to get the gold star and, and pleasing and pleasing. And just, you know, I think attaining mm. and, and I think that's what's, what's tough is I think sometimes in ministry that gets layered over because you go, but it's for such a different cause, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, Yeah, you know, but you know, how much do guys in ministry now feel they felt called, mm-hmm. they felt supported, mm-hmm. but they can't grow their church above 50 people. Hmm. Right. What are they doing wrong? Right. In their core heart of hearts, they feel like, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't, you know, why am I not seeing all this blessing? Because blessing, again, in, in right. a lot of the church vernacular is people. Yeah. It's money. It's, it's finances. Numbers. It's yeah. numbers, right? Of course. So that's always been, I think, that's the, that's the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that's core. Um, but, uh, you know, so in that interaction over coffee, you know, I'm just like, I, I don't think you can afford me. And I, you know, going, going through this, the church split, I said, I am really, he's a senior pastor, you know, very much embraced the role in Kauai. And I said, look, um, obviously, and also I'm damaged goods. I'm jaded with mm. the idea of, of what a senior pastor is. Gotcha. And so, you know, tell you what, like if, if you guys can hit this number and get us this, then I'll come. But tell you what, let's dance for two years because 
you may not like me and I may not like you. Mm -hmm. I was just, I mean, so incredibly forthright. Yeah. You know, which the honesty I think is important. However, where was that coming from, from you? Right. Where, where was that internally? It was was coming from hurt. Yeah. You know, like the, the the former pastor at friends, he did our wedding. Mm. You know, he was the most grandfatherly loving figure, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know when that and then when when that went sour, there was no like redemptive talk. There wasn't mm-hmm. like a forgiveness session. There wasn't like a, yeah. you know, it was just very painful. Mm-hmm. You know, it did some damage. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so so we ended up uh, going to Kauai in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born in April. We started in August, um, and that was a decade of of tremendous ministry. This senior pastor, his name's Ryan Clater in um, in Kauai, just turned out to be the most gracious, mm. family-based, um, kind man, and just so restored so much in me about what it was to um, love people mm. and, and my family. and Authentically so. Authentically, and prioritize, um, prioritize different things. Mm. You know, I think we ran such a big pace in, in Yorba Linda the first go-round where... Yeah. We were playing worship in our band and doing camps and conferences and That's right. large you, youth groups. Family-wise, you guys all do instruments, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we do. We do, and that's that's been something, especially my, my older two right now my and my younger daughter sings and dances. She's amazing. And then our youngest son, he's, I think he's going to be the sound guy, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you always need a good yeah, sound guy. You always need a good sound guy. Um, but no, that was just, you know, such a, such a fruitful time, but, you mm-hmm. know, in retrospect, you know, again, all that busyness and being gone, you know, like I, I tongue in cheek with Jenny even now, like, Oh, you know, it didn't seem like I was gone that much. And she's like, Hey, I have a totally different memory. Mm-hmm. You know? And I didn't take time to, you know, think about that. Really yeah. Consider that it was, you know, again, yeah. like it's the performance. It's, it's pleasing it's, your boss, your leadership and getting that, getting that at a boy. But where does that like overlap with just pleasing Jesus? Exactly. See, that's, I think that's the, the crux of things is where mm. if that's a blurred line, yeah, you know, yeah, um, which it can be. And it was for me. Sure. Well, especially if the, the people that you are pleasing are supposedly doing God's work. Oh yeah. So therefore it's an easy justification. Well, I'm pleasing oh, yeah. God by pleasing these people. So oh, therefore- yeah. Well, I mean like there's a heartstring for me where, you know, I was, <laughs> I was told by the, the finance guy at the time at, at French church, before this is this is so many years ago it's like for you know if you get 25 more kids you'll get an intern every 25 kids was an intern well then in my mind i internalize that as a formula yep right oh yeah okay if i want 10 interns then you know like yeah let's let's hit campuses hard let's go right bring every friend you got like with the intention of saying i need to get numbers to get intern as opposed to hey let's change lives I mean, it's well, all well. It's kind of it's in both ends, right? Because like I could, you mean I could get ten more people that I could develop mm-hmm. that were in the same college position that I was mm-hmm. in, yeah. And we can put through that and like launch them out, you know, like oh, this is great. So it wasn't mm. like I don't think it was like purely like a like an ego stroke. Oh no, but it's but, but it's it was, easy to it's you easy gave to me have a formula. Fuel. Yeah, you gave me a formula. Yep. I'll work your formula. Yep, I'll crush your formula. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you did. We did. Yeah. And so. um you know, so that was that was just an outstanding season, mm-hmm. and some things. But I think, you know, again, going back to um, formulas aren't always conviction based. You know, formulas like, are hardly rarely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like formulas are very pragmatic. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, going back to the, well, doesn't that doesn't that line up with legalism? Like the the formulaic reason as to why the Pharisees and Sadducees built these formulas around the law was because they were like, well, if we, if we build this insulation, Mm -hmm. so then we'll never touch the law. Therefore these insulations. And then the insulation is what becomes the purpose, which is not, it's so, so different than what is intended. And that, you know, and, but then it kind of leads you to, if what's built into you, you know, I think the hardwired development for me was again, success, mm. you know, and what does success look like? You know, not like televangelist success that, that seems to be like an, such an extreme on the pendulum, mm. but you know, there has, there's attributes of growth and, mm-hmm. you know, again, going back to I'm in a mega church, I went, had a great education. I've got a master's degree. I'm, I'm financially better off than, than others at this mm-hmm. point. 
you know, in ministry. Yeah. You know, like God, are you just, are you bringing that as success? Are those the yeah. success points? Cause I'm making enough money because you know, everyone seems to be happy with me because <laughs> right, right. Or right. seeing more people, yeah. you know, and checking all the boxes, checking all the boxes, you know, did that at, at some point within that, did you have, uh, seasons where there were, there was spiritual drought because there was a focus on a formula rather than spiritual growth or did it, it kind of always stay together in a, in a interwoven, like this, this, this begets this. So therefore it just grows together. Um, probably the, the second, I think this begets, begets this. So it kind of grows together because I think I would always be looking for the new opportunity, mm. you know, and the new opportunity for me was simply like the seal of approval. And this is like, you know, that's where discernment would come in, but it would just be the seal of approval. Mm-hmm. So from, uh, for instance, from God. Gotcha. Right. So if I'm, if we're doing conferences with the worship band, right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a camp that wants us to play for the next two winners, you know, and it's a known camp of course, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Why? Yeah. It's an open door. Yeah. And then you go from that camp and you go to Hume Lake and Hume Lake wants you. Well, right. That's an open door. Right. Right. And then if Hume Lake, like you launch and like, oh, now it's time to go to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> open door. Yeah. So, and I don't think all those are necessarily like every open door is not necessarily a God saying, do this. That's true. And that's, that's where I think the discernment, the conviction, the wise counsel, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think in my lifetime trying to, I've not done a great job. You know, I think I feel at that. Based on what overall. metric? I mean, like you I think, say I that. think the metric of, you know, perhaps my family, the metric of, was it time away? Mm. What was it at the... Um, without opportunity to rest, mm. you know, yeah, and the go go or, go, yeah, or like to to do something that sounded great and fun that charged my batteries, but at the detriment of, you know, maybe something else I needed to do at the time. Yeah. You say yes to one thing, it means you say no to other things. Exactly. Some, exactly. Was that the same in Hawaii, or was that specifically yeah. only well, Southern well, California? Hawaii had more. I think in Hawaii there's more opportunity to do. I could. I could do it at my own creation. I'll put it oh, that way. Okay. Right. So I remember walking into, um, I, I had some other, um, friends at the time that were speaking at a conference mm-hmm. and they had a dropout. So this is the HIM conference, the biggest conference mm. in the state of Hawaii, right? Hawaiian Islands Ministries, incredible organization. It's great. So Jim Burns, who was a friend and mentor and Francis Chan was a friend and mentor. They were both speaking at the conference and then they had a speaker dropout, mm-hmm. right? And they knew I was in Hawaii or whatever. And, and so I think it was Jim contacted um, Jim or somebody else contacted Mary, who was heading up the conference. Like, you got to talk to John Irving. He's just on Kauai. Bring him over. So she did. I came over and spoke at a session. Mm-hmm. And and I remember seeing all this potential. Mm. You know, they had something called the youth track. Right? Okay. And it was really just a dedicated um, segment of the conference just for like teenagers. Mm. And it just... I walked in and just had so much vision for it. Uh, you know, I remember yeah. when, when I spoke, you know, someone I didn't know got up and introduced me and they said, you know, there's a, I think a room of like 500 kids, 600 kids, mm-hmm. you know, sizable. Yeah. Like this is John Irving. He got his master's degree here. He, uh, given all your attributes. From, I mean, but that's yeah. it. You know, he's like, please welcome him. You know, no like backgrounds, no music, no like nothing. And I just, you know, and I spoke and I felt good and felt connected and I just, um, I remember when it was done, I, I reached out on an email on my own accord and just said, please, 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 if if I can do anything to convince you to help me work alongside you mm-hmm. to make this thing amazing, mm-hmm. you know, such a privilege to be here with you. I have so much vision for it. They said, yeah. So for the next seven years, like me and my buddy Sumo, who's another kind of situation like, like mine, like we just built this thing up to like 2000 kids, you know, brought in bands, brought in like backgrounds and just, you know, reprogrammed the whole thing. And it huh. was just a highlight of fun. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. a lot, but it was a lot of work. Sure. You know, for something that wasn't like, there was no direct like payment for my family or, mm. you know, anything like that, but it was just so much fun and so influential on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I look at that and I go, you know, was that too much time away mm-hmm. from other things I should have been doing? But in the back of my mind, like, wait a second, no, but you're building the brand, you're building the name, you're building yeah, the kingdom. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, 
So that's what I mean by like, you know, I created yeah. an opportunity for myself and grew right. it, you know, but I don't know, you know, entirely, I think I, I, I guess second guess would be the best sure. choice for it. You know, did I do something at the detriment of, yeah. you know, some other areas? Well, and that, I mean, was it, was it to the point of where you regretted doing the thing or was it more of, I'm not sure if I'm actually doing all that I should be doing or if I'm doing the wrong thing, like, which what, did you regret? Like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or was it just more like trying to balance and, and I think it's a balance question. Yeah. I think it's more of a balance as of is you've used discernment multiple times in our conversation. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of like the crux of all of it. Everything's nuanced. Yeah. There is no yes or no, there is no black it and is. white. Yeah. It's all nuanced. And that's, but that, I think that's life. hundred percent. So much of 100%. life is, is nuanced. And so, you know, as I look back, is it, could I have balanced better with bringing more family involved, doing yeah. more, you know, work. Did you involve the family in ministry a lot? You know, like there's, there's times I think pre kids, so much easier. Of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pre kids, so much easier. And then we had young kids for so long mm -hmm. that, um, cause what's your age gap got 16 down to six. Okay. So there's 10 years, yeah. you know, right there of like different diapers and, yep. you know, babysitting needs and you mm -hmm. know, some things right gone to like, we brought the family and it's like, okay, I'm going to go speak at this. For 35 minutes, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to feed oh, kids, yeah. put them down yeah, and like, then there, yeah, yeah. And I may go out or maybe not, you know, like, right. And just, it, it's, it, it was just such not a way that, that I was used to doing things, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but trying to find that balance, you know, I think, and trying to hit a spot because I think I, you know, built up maybe an expectation that mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be this way or be so like available to everybody all the time mm -hmm. that. Well, you're supposed to, I mean, the, you, know, you, you go back to the, the performance. What, how is my performance going to be judged on this? Oh yeah. Where am I, where is it going to land? Am I going to be doing what God's asked me to do? Am I going to get accolades or whatnot from the people around us? And where does that land? Right. Uh, we're almost to an hour. And so I think we're going to need to, we, we, we're going to need to probably wrap it up, but I think there's a lot more for us to talk about because there's so much I want to get into and something just before we, we finish here with this one. I'm lame. That's um, so dumb. No, no, this is awesome. Like we could, uh, we could probably easily go three hours, I think. Um, but I think the, the, the way that you've came from, uh, your, your comment to your mom about, isn't it going to be weird when Jesus comes back? She says, Jesus isn't coming back. And then that flips your switch. Like, wait a minute, what you start getting into theology, you have a new youth pastor, you come in and, and you literally try and find his hypocrisy, hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. you can't, he ends up being the one that kind of, that, that he sets you on the path mm -hmm. to where you are now, where you've gone 28 years worth of ministry. Yeah. You've been in and out of lots of different situations. Mm -hmm. You've impacted thousands, if not tens of thousands of lives, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, um, through all of this. And, and that doesn't change the fact that now today you're in a situation where you still have to decide do I believe Jesus is God or do I believe Jesus is a liar? Even though I've got all this experience mm -hmm. and at times we have things that happen to us. I mean, just from a health standpoint with your wife, mm -hmm. and I know we talked, we haven't talked about it here, but we've talked about your mom mm -hmm. whose health is uh, right. in question right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and so in all of that, where do you, where do you stand on that question on a daily basis when you wake up and you're like, man, I have to make that decision. Is that conscious for you? Is that something that you're just like, oh, I, I, my faith is so deep that it's it, it may be a question, but it's just back of my mind. Is that anything that hits you? Yeah, it's um, that's a great way to phrase it. It, it is both and. I mm -hmm. think it's it's where I need the conscious decision. Mm -hmm. I think I'm I'm mature enough to kind of go. You need to decide on this now. Mm -hmm. But also, I think there's the understanding for me that in every circumstance, it's, it's just going to work out. Like yeah. it's, it's going to work out, you know? And that's the faith coming out. That's the faith coming out. And is there enough of that that says it's going to work out? It may not be, or it probably won't be the way I expect it to work out. But either way, I know that based on my experience, mm -hmm. my faith, what I read in the Bible, it's going to be the way it's supposed to be. Yes. Whether I like it or not. Yes. Like if, 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 um, you know, Ultimately, you want to go from A to B, mm -hmm, right? right? And you think it's a straight line. You see the easiest ways. And then obviously like God provides and life provides something a little bit different, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But you end, eventually land at B, right? You know, I think that's, that's where you, you trust in the end zone. You, yeah. you trust in, in the end point mm -hmm. 
that ultimately are going to arrive. Yep. I love it. And I think it's, I think it's really awesome how subtly you dropped Jim Burns and Francis Chan earlier <laughs> and we didn't even get to get into, you said friends and mentors. So I think we're going to have to save that for another time, but I'm also excited to talk about what you're doing next because you're, you're in a season of transition, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about for you. And I think I'm excited about for uh, what that brings to the table as far as where your ministry can then flourish in ways it hasn't before. So, but it's also a time that's like, well, what do we do now? So I want to continue the conversation and talk about that, but thank you so much for being here. Um, is there any, anything that you want to leave everybody with, like where, where they can get you, where they can connect with you best? Um, right now I think via, uh, via social media, Mm um, my main platforms are LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, um, probably for right now, kind of launching some things on, on potentially YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a website that I started uh, called OneDegreeDaily.com. Yes. Um, just again, the the convictions that I've had with, with thinking through how do I develop, um, you, you know, as you talked about, some things are conscious, some things are unconscious based mm-hmm. on your experience. But, but how do I build off of small wins each day? Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm more accustomed to making better decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of... Um, assembling uh, or, or um, kind of aggregating small wins mm-hmm. in order to get to something bigger. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of like the, the baseline philosophy with that. I love it. I love it. And uh, it's John J O N J O N. No H. No H. We don't. So don't, if you're, if you're looking for John Irving with an H, it's the wrong John Irving. Correct. Awesome. Correct. Thanks so much for being here, John. Appreciate it. Man. All right. Thanks Todd. Thanks for checking out the Jesus and Coffee podcast. We're really excited that you're here with us. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. And if you have any uh, any feedback you'd like to give us, leave us a review, as many stars as you like, but comment and give us some an idea of what you're getting out of this or what you'd like to hear differently. Also, you can email us, jesusandcoffeeshow at gmail.com. You can get us there, or you can go to the website, jesusandcoffeeshow.com, and it takes you there. You can find all the episodes. You can find our YouTube channel. You can find all the things. We are really blessed to have you as part of our community. We want to get out there, talk about Jesus. We want to drink coffee and spread the gospel as we're called to do in Matthew 28 as Christians. Thanks so much for being here. And this has been the Jesus and Coffee Show. I'm Todd Frazier. Drink up and be blessed.